Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Tuesday, January 25th edition of the Basement Academy. I'm just going to invite you to listen or watch all the way. Uh, probably a lot of folks probably do that uh, anyway, but um, we kind of get to the end. We want to kind of share some things that hopefully will be helpful and um, uh, kind of a strong pastoral urge or challenge at the end. But let's begin. Uh, we can't end until we begin, right? So let's start with our morning psalm, Psalm 85, another one of the psalms of the sons of Korah, the worship leaders in Israel. You showed favor to your land, O Lord. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. You set aside all your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. Restore us again, O God, our Savior, and put away your displeasure toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God the Lord will say. He promises peace to his people, his saints, but let them not return to folly. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good and the, our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. Hmm. Psalm 85, some problem that Israel's facing. They giving acknowledgement of God's grace in the past. You've shown favor, but there's a season of distress. Put away, uh, your, turn aside from your anger and, and your fierce anger. And so um, we find that sometimes, don't we? We go through seasons. And so I will listen to what God the Lord will say. He promises peace to his people. May it be, Lord, that faithfulness would spring forth from the earth out of our lives and out of the church. And may your righteousness uh, look down from heaven uh, and rest upon our lives. Amen. Okay, uh, we continue to cultivate the character of Christ in our lives. Yesterday introduced a threefold framework for thinking about character for formation. Head, heart, hand. Head, the, the thought life, how we think heart, our affections, desires, hand, our habits and actions and the disciplines of our lives. And so want to dive in kind of to thinking about the head, how we think. And so in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul offers some pretty interesting words here. He's, he's talking about the difference between the person who's come to receive the Holy Spirit, that is a Christian, and those who have not, the worldly or the carnal man, as, as some uh, translations have it. Um, and so this notion of being able to discern and distinguish because we possess the Spirit of God is what Paul's trying to get at. It's a, it's a little bit of a convoluted passage. 
this is uh, chapter 2, verse 13. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. And so it's recognition that there's a language and a conversation and an expression of truth that is born of the Holy Spirit, that is discerned by those who have the Spirit. And those who do not have the Spirit, we just sound like babblers and you know, it's gobbledygook. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. And so when we come to know Christ, we are given the gift of the Spirit, and it opens our eyes to see things that others cannot see. And then he goes on and says, for who, he quotes the Old Testament, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? So he's quoting there from Isaiah chapter 40. It's like, who can understand the mind of God? And who's going to instruct God? That, That just doesn't happen. So Paul takes that phrase from Isaiah, but then he says this, but we have the mind of Christ. We those who have received the Holy Spirit because it is the Spirit of Christ. And so there's this notion um, that Christians have been given the mind of Christ. The Holy Spirit has given us. We're able to discern spiritual truth that are expressed in spiritual words uh, in a spiritual way, in spiritual community. And so want to talk today, maybe a little bit tomorrow, about cultivating the mind of Christ, to lean into this notion of having the mind of Christ. That's the head, okay? Character formation will happen as we begin to think Christ's thoughts after him, to let his spirit work in and through us, to allow our own thought life to be influenced by the spirit of God and by the truth of God's word, okay? So, We have to learn, if we're going to become like Christ, we have to learn to see the world or to think about this life and the world around us the way he sees it, okay? So we we, we look at the world around us. We we perceive life. We, We, you know, we read the news. We hear the news. We're engaging in things. We're listening to stories of you know, what's happening in Ukraine and Russia and what's happening in our own, you know, nation. And um, we're concerned about the pandemic. So there's all this stuff, but but it's just not thinking about the world out there, but how we think about ourselves, how we think about our neighbor, our closest neighbors, family members and others, but how do we perceive others? So all of the racial discussion that's going on and the call to become an anti-racist and to denounce, uh, if you have a lighter colored skin, to denounce your whiteness, um, intersectionality, privilege, all those things we talked about in critical our study on critical race theory. We're thinking about that, right? And so you, you, you hear, you read books, you read articles, you hear uh, reports, uh, you hear me talk about these things. And so how we perceive ourselves, how we perceive our neighbors, the differences between people, all of that. How do we think about God? The the world has a way of thinking about God and religion and Christianity and evangelicalism and the like. How, How does the world perceive Jesus? So all of this and more, okay? 
So it's this idea, um, that one of the great gifts of being made in the image of, of God, perhaps the greatest gift, is the ability to uh, enjoy rational cognitive capacities, right? Reason. Uh, this this thing I'm doing right now, communicating thoughts, you know, working through my lungs, my, my, my mind is pushing my body, there's impulses through my lungs, out through my vocal cords, um, words are forming, you're hearing them, your ears are catching them, your body is, you know, brain is, you know, translating everything and you're hearing and then there's meaning that is conveyed, this great gift that we don't even think about, right? It, it just is. So the, the gift of being given rationality is we all learn to think for ourselves. We, we think for ourselves, right? Nobody does the thinking for us. We come to think for ourselves. So that's the great upside of being made in the image of God. We have this capacity to think. The downside of that in the fall, so Genesis 1 and 2, we can think for ourselves, made in the image of God. The downside is in the fall, we think for ourselves. The autonomy. I'm not going to let anyone else tell me how to think. I'm going to make up my own mind, my own judgments, and I'm, you know, that's what I think and nobody's changing my mind. So there's an upside and a downside that again reflects Genesis chapters 1 and 2, the glory of being made in the image of God, Genesis chapter 3, the, the brokenness and burden of the fall. So blessedness and brokenness around this whole capacity to think. So through the course of life, we form mental maps, okay? Frameworks for thinking about life and the world and ourselves and our neighbor and everything, right? So where do we acquire these maps? That, that's what I want to just, you know, today I just want to kind of get you thinking about, huh, I've never thought about thinking. <laughs> I want you to think about thinking, okay? Really, from the beginning, we we start out and we just start forming mental maps. You know, as children, we're just responding to our environment, and then we begin to respond with speech and language as words are spoken to us. We speak back. Well, we acquire our first mental maps from our family and our caregivers, okay? Those who are speaking to us, who are taking care of us. They sing songs as they tuck us in. They say prayers or not as as we're tucked in at night. We go to school and so we begin to read and write and do arithmetic and we, uh, we're interacting with teachers of you know different backgrounds and different skill levels. Um, we're on the school bus, you know, we be begin to participate in, in activities, dance and music and sports and scouting and the like, church, Sunday school. So, so our, our childhood years, we're forming this peers. You know, we just pick up the habits and patterns and thoughts and ways of our, our peers along the way. Our culture, we begin to engage the larger world as we get older and we pick up messages independent of our family. Moms and dads don't know where kids come home with some of this stuff. Right? We all did it. You know, when we were growing up, our kids have done it. Our grandchildren are doing it now, right? And so, um, and then just ourselves. We just come to our own thoughts on things sometimes. I, I don't know where I picked that up, but this is how I feel. 
Okay. Now, in an age of social media, I've got my, you know, here's my uh, iPhone. Uh, you know, here's my computer. In the age of social media, internet, we can access knowledge. You just have, you just have to go to a library, right? <laughs> and read books and get an encyclopedia or visit places to pick up knowledge of, of other, uh, you know, uh, worlds. Now you just sit in your home and turn on your TV and go on your internet and you're gathering information and forming a mental map. And so the map is what makes sense of things to you. You, you form a map. Now, now we know some maps are more accurate and reliable than others. Okay. We, we've come into this, you know, you sometimes have to, you've got to get an update on your GPS. So everybody who has a smartphone or a navigation system in their car has a built-in map, you know, I mean, I still own some map, but they're, you know, they're right behind this wall in our storage room, tucked away in a little bucket because nobody uses physical maps. We used to go to AAA and get a little triptych and it would have the little, you know, little arrows that now this does for us and it talks to us, okay? In the presence of a GPS thing that guides me, I, st I start to lose the mental map, right? because I, 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 I used to study the map and I would get it in my head where I'm going. Well, well, construction happens and sometimes, you know, this road used to be here. Well, that road's not there anymore because it now goes here because that has become a, a subdivision, right? So things like that. Okay, so the key around all this map language is we want to develop a biblical theological mental map we have the mind of Christ. Well, where do we read the words of Christ that we may reinforce having the spirit of Christ indwelling in us? That's what Paul means. It's not that we're perfectly like Jesus in everything we think. It's that we have been given the Holy Spirit who, who will convey to us the truth of Jesus Christ. He comes to bear witness to the words of Jesus as Jesus comes to bear witness to the purposes of the Father. And so Jesus tells his disciples, I will give my spirit to you. It's better that I go away. I will go away and I will send another comforter, a counselor to be with you and he'll be with you forever. And he will bring to your remembrance. He will bring to your mind the things I've said. And so this is, I think, what Paul's getting at. He says, we have the mind of Christ, the spirit that conveys and bears witness with the truth. So we have to develop a biblical, theological, mental map. Well, we're just not hardwired with that. We have to study these scriptures. I wanna give two examples. So, I don't know if you know this, but when you're driving around, the highway system is actually organized intentionally, okay? But if you just think about driving, there, there's the most basic map orientation east west north south right east west north south just that concept uh, you know a two-year-old child won't understand that a four or five-year-old might be able to hear it but doesn't grasp it it's only it's like okay as we get a little older we get oriented and go okay let's see so i'm, I'm just in my house in the orientation the sun's rising over here there's the east and it sets over there in the west. So that's a basic orientation, okay? And then we go south and north, okay? So, okay, 
you get that basic compass. And then maps are given us. The printed map, you know, will always have a little, you know, where's north, okay? That helps us when you know, am I going east, west, north, or south? And then our highway systems are numbered, right? Okay, so the east-west roads are even. The north-south roads are odd. I don't know if you ever knew that. The, you know, if you're driving around and you see the little shield with the red and blue on it, that's the interstate system that doesn't always, but usually goes between the states. And so they follow that same north-south is odd, east-west is even. But then they also go from the east are the higher numbers like Route 95 all the way out to Route 5 in, uh, in California, okay? And so if somebody says, well, you know, I'm gonna get on Route 65, I'd go, you're probably some, I know it goes through Indianapolis, but you know, you're probably out there in the Midwest, okay? You know, things like that. Um, and so I think 65 goes through Indianapolis, now all of a sudden I'm questioning it. Um, and, and so it's this idea of organ, and then uh, we go from uh, low to high on the even number. So low is down south up to, to high uh, up north. And so Route 70 that you know kind of goes uh, not just above us here in, uh, in Maryland. So, so that's what I mean by mental map. You have to learn that, right? A kid doesn't know that. A kid starting out at 16 driving doesn't know all that. They have to be taught that. And most of us pick it up by experience. You know, hey, it seems like all these roads going north-south have the, you know, odd numbers. Or knowing that when you get lost is helpful. Wait a second. I'm trying to go east-west, and yet here I am on an odd number. Okay, wait a second. I need to slow down here. Where's the sun? You know, and it's that mental map. Okay, so that's that's one idea. What kind of our our highway system. The other is like Wegmans, okay? <laughs> and I've, I've, I've shared this before. You go into Wegmans. Well, you go into any store. So you move to a new area, move to a new town, you go to Harris Teeter or Wegmans or Giant or whatever, and you're gonna operate off the mental map of where in the store you used to shop Okay, I'd come in and the dairy would be off to the left and usually they've got the meats kind of, you know, in the back somewhere they want you to walk through the store to buy lots of stuff. But every grocery store is organized in a certain way. You've got produce, you've got bakery, you know, and then you've got all these aisles with all the different goods in them and they cluster the goods accordingly, you know, so your foils and wraps and, you know, your containers and things like that and trash bags are going to be kind of in one area, probably right next to your cleaning products for your dish uh, soap and the like, okay? You don't put the dish soap right next to the eggs, right next to the diapers, right next to the meat. And so a store is organized and they want to do that to help the shopper because if you go in and can't find anything, you're not going to shop there, okay? Which is my beef with Wegmans. I love Wegmans and I know they do this on purpose to get you moving around the store because they want you to buy more stuff, but it frustrates the dickens out of me because I like to just go in and get out. <laughs> I want to go get what I need and get out of the store. So I've got the map in my head and then I go to aisle 14B. Oh my gosh, you have changed where things are. And those pleasant checkers always say, did you find everything you're looking for? And I will often tell them, actually, no, I didn't because you all have rearranged. And they go, 
I know, we're sorry, sir, but did you find everything you were looking for? And I say, no, I didn't. <laughs> so that's the example. Okay. Highway system, Wegmans. How do you develop a mental map of truth, of scripture? And so I'll wrap up here, we'll pick up tomorrow. Many of us learn the trees, that is the Bible stories. We learn about Noah, uh, we learn in the ark, we learn about Daniel and the lion's den, Jonah and the whale. These are kind of like our VBS stories that we teach our children. Uh, we, we might uh, probably don't learn a lot about Isaiah, right? We don't teach the kids Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. We don't do a whole lot with weeping prophets to the you know eight and 10 year olds. And then we get to Jesus and we get to Peter walking on the water, you know, and things like that. So we've got a bunch of favorite stories that we teach the children. And as adults, we often carry forward. Hey, I remember that VBS and I've got Daniel and I've got Jonah and I've got Peter and I've got Paul and I've got John with this weird thing on, you know, maybe the vision of the revelation or something. And so we get all these trees. We've got all these just individual little stories that are floating around our head, but we've got no way of organizing those together. I don't know who lived when. I don't know who came before who. I don't know why is Daniel even in the lion's den? Where was that lion's den? Oh, it was in Babylon. What will, what, what's he doing there? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Why would he be in Babylon? And so the, the context, the historical context, the larger arc and the narrative of the Bible stories are often lost, okay? The connection between the Old Covenant and New Covenant as we studied last year in our uh, theology series, and that's what I was trying to do, to put together the trees into a forest and to organize those trees. It's like, okay, so that when the preacher says on Sunday morning, this is the cup of the new covenant in my shed blood. To hear the words new covenant well, implies there's an old covenant. If you've got your mental map, you know, oh yeah, the old covenant, that's you know the covenant God made with Abraham. Um, and, and then that's the covenant that is uh, reaffirmed uh, through Moses and David. And so there's this covenantal framework with God's people Israel. And then promises of a new covenant where the word of God will be written on the heart. Okay, instead of tablets of stone, God internalizes us through the spirit. And so all of this stuff, most Christians, I think, and I don't mean this in any scoldy, mean way, condescending way, I, I haven't done my job and my guild, you know, we pastors haven't done our job to teach the fullness of this biblical theological framework so the people have a mental map so that when they hear critical race theory, they've got a map through which they can hear this and begin to discern, say, wait a second, I am all in for people being made in the image of God and all people being equal. I'm in for that. I know my Bible and I've got it organized and I understand I affirm every race and tribe and language and people are equal in God's sight. And so this notion of, you know, me having to denounce myself like I'm somehow a sinner. I also know my Bible that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so absolutely I'm a sinner as a white, straight white guy, but I'm not the only one who's sinned. 
And I know there's this story about Jesus trying to gather people from all nations and tribes in this commission to go. And so, you know, and so this is how you think your way through the cultural issues of the day. But if you don't have a good mental map, or if the mental map is occupied mostly um, by what you've heard in the news, whatever, you know, you may be a CNN person, you may be a Fox News person. I don't, I don't know if I care about that. Don't let CNN or Fox determine your mental map. Let the truth of God's word be that which shapes your thinking primarily. So that when you hear something, you filter it not through the CNN, MSNBC grid or the Fox News um, uh, Daily Wire grid, you filter it through the grid of truth of God's word. So let me close here. Today's about maps. Tomorrow we're going to go a little further and how the maps help us then to, to extend into and, and to navigate this world. Okay, let's close with prayer. Father, thank you. Uh, thank you for giving us the mind of Christ through your gracious Holy Spirit. May he indwell us with greater measure as we have prayed recently in Ephesians 3, uh, would you strengthen us with power through your spirit in our inner being that we might think the thoughts of Jesus after you. And so help us to learn not only the stories, but the connection of the stories and this arc, this narrative, this, this drama of redemption that unfolds through us in scripture and continues to unfold uh, through the church and the world. And so bless each of us, we pray this day. And bless our loved ones as we pray in the name of Christ, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, may God, the great map maker, bless you, keep you, indwell you, uh, and, and shape you, uh, shape uh, the mind of Christ in you this day and forevermore. Amen.